Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. You may be seated. It's the final Sunday in January, and I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like January can just go on forever, right? But it's the final Sunday, and we're here. The holidays are past. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, that's in the rearview mirror. But there's a part of all of those events that I long to hang on to for just a bit. And here's why. It's because we often come to the table and we linger at the table. And it's not necessarily about the food. It's about family and friends and conversations and catching up on life. There is joy and laughter coming to the table. I know when our kids were younger, we would set up these big meals for holidays and your kids would eat and finish in about three minutes and then they want to run off and play. And perhaps your kids did the same thing. And we would want to say, no, stay at the table. We want to talk for just a little bit. We want to enjoy time together, but that's not exactly what they were feeling at the time. Our kids are a bit older now, and one of the things that I am enjoying about all of these special days is the lingering at the table, conversations, laughter, catching up on life, sharing stories. And it's all imperfect because we're a family and we don't always get along, but there's something in coming to the table and lingering there that I have found to be absolutely beautiful. Which brings us to this table, the Lord's table. It's been called many different things by people through the ages. The Lord's table, the Lord's supper, communion, the Eucharist, all words and phrases that described coming to the table and lingering there to remember the amazing sacrifice of Jesus and to give thanks to God for his love that is on full display for everyone through the sacrifice of Jesus. And so here we are on this last Sunday, coming to the table. On the night Jesus was betrayed... Scripture tells us that he gathered with a group of close followers. They came to the table and they shared a meal together. As part of that meal, they broke bread. And Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. Partake. Eat. As part of that same meal, he held up a cup of wine and said, This is my blood, which will be shed for you. 
do this to remember me. Partake. Drink. I want us to pause for just a moment on this Sunday and use this quiet time that will be created here to reflect, to think, to pray, and to prepare our hearts to remember the body and the blood of Christ which was shed for us. I invite you now to linger at the table. just a moment, you'll be dismissed by Rose from our host team. And when they dismiss you, please make your way to the front and pick up a cup of juice and a piece of bread. Please take those items back to your seats and just use this time of movement and gathering of the communion elements to continue to pray, to read the scripture that's on the screens, and to prepare your hearts for remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. Here at Valley Point, we practice open communion, which means if you've trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you, we encourage you to freely participate, even if you've never been here before. This is for you. But if you're not ready to do that, or you're not comfortable, we want to respect your privacy. You can simply remain at your seat. Just be sensitive to the people who may want to move around you. After everyone has been served, I'll come back up and then we'll partake together. Let's linger at the table. On the evening he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, he broke it, and said, This is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me. Let's partake together, remembering the great sacrifice of Jesus.
Jesus also held up a cup and said, this is my blood shed for you. Do this to remember me. Let's partake together, remembering the great sacrifice of Jesus. Welcome to the final Sunday of Life Verse 2019. We've taken time to linger at the table of communion, and I hope that has been a good time for you just to reflect and to remember. And to Eucharistio, that word means to give thanks, and hopefully you've had the chance to do that. I want to invite you to continue to linger at the table with me as we conclude our series. I'm holding in my hands my favorite Bible. I love this Bible. I actually walked through my house the other day and counted about 16 different Bibles that I use periodically at different times. So a lot of Bibles all over the house. And I love them all, but I really treasure this Bible. And here's why. It was given to me as a gift 34 years ago by my parents after I gave my very first sermon at a church in Joliet, Illinois. On the cover of the Bible is my name, Eric F. Kohler, and the passage that I spoke from for that particular message, it's James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. I remember giving that message like it was yesterday. I was 14 years old when I gave that message and our church came to the student ministry and said, you know what, we'd like for you guys to lead some songs and to pray and to give a little mini message. We think that would be good for the whole church to hear. And we agreed with that and said, well, that would be kind of fun. So we got together as a student ministry and said, okay, who's gonna take care of all of the different parts? Who's gonna sing? who's going to pray, who's going to give announcements, and who's going to give the message. Well, wouldn't you know, they looked at me for the message part, and I said, okay, I'll give the message. I had never done anything like that before. And I will say I was very excited about the opportunity and thought this could be really fun. But I was also terrified because talking to adults can be a frightening thing. Still, talking to adults can be a frightening thing, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way. So I got with one of the pastors at the church, and we began to talk about this mini-message and what verses should I use. We began to look and search, and eventually we settled on James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, and here's what they say. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know, James, the author asks, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. 
it's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. That was my first sermon. The first paragraph that I ever unpacked with an audience. And I got with that pastor and we began to look at context and meaning and all of that. We put together a message. The day came for the student ministry to deliver everything we had been preparing. We sang some songs, we prayed, we gave announcements, and then I stood up and gave the message. And it was terrible. It was absolutely awful. I had no big idea. I wasn't going anywhere with the talk at all. It wasn't driving to anything. There was no momentum. There was no energy. You couldn't follow it if you had a map and a flashlight. It was a terrible experience. It was really, really bad. But the church was very kind to me. Oh, little Eric, great, great job. And so they were good to me. Well, wouldn't you know, a couple of weeks later, another church in the area heard about what we had done, and they invited us to come and do the same thing in their church. So we talked about all of the elements, and again, I was going to deliver the same message. But I knew something had to change. I've got to adjust this a little bit. So I did some more research and study as a 14-year-old boy and tried to bring more clarity to what James, the author, was saying. And it began to make some sense to me. And I had some applicable points that I wanted to share that I, were, I was hoping would be encouraging to people as they listened to this message. And then I thought to myself, there has to be some type of opener. Like, I got to get people's attention. So I found a joke. Now, I don't remember the joke to this day. I don't even know if it applied to the text. It probably didn't, but I put the joke there because I thought it would be helpful. So the day comes. We sing our songs. We pray. I stand up to give the message. I deliver the joke. And people laughed. They actually laughed at the joke. And I sat back and said, okay, I think they're with me. I think I've got them. And then we started to read James chapter four, verses 13 through 17. And I sensed people were leaning in a bit and they were being more than just kind. They were actually listening and paying attention. And afterwards, there was a lot of affirmation for the whole service. But for me, there was good affirmation. That was a great job. We really enjoyed that. I look back on those two deliveries, the same message with a few adjustments, but I look back on those two deliveries, and from that time, I believe God gave me a love for teaching the word of God, that this can be helpful for people, and I remember after that experience wondering, maybe God wants me to do this with my life. Maybe God wants that for me. I don't know. I'll talk to my parents and talk to other trusted individuals and see if they're saying the same thing and we'll go from there. But maybe, just maybe, God wants me to do this for a long time. And that excited me. 
The other thing that came from that delivery, same message with adjustments, is a love for scripture itself. And understanding when we open it, when we read, when we spend time researching and trying to figure out meaning and context, that all of this breathes life into people and God's word does have something to say to us about how we live today. And these words breathed out by God are impactful. And I remember thinking that. And again, wondering if God would have me do this for the rest of my life. I want you to linger at the table of God's word with me for just a few moments. And let's keep thinking about giving time to this ancient text, what God gave to us, what he breathed out so that we could know him and understand him and please him. Let's linger at the table of God's word for just a few more moments. A couple of weeks ago, I shared a big idea that really has been framing our entire month. And I shared it last week. I want to come back to it today just as a reminder. And the big idea is that values are displayed with what occupies our time. Values are displayed with what occupies our time. I think you can look at anybody's calendar. And there you will see this is what they give their time to. And so we want to think about giving a little bit of time to the word of God, because what we value is what we give our time to. That's kind of the way it works. I want to share with you what what I value and what I give my time to, and I think we all need to consider this question. What are we giving our time to? So let me talk to you about what I give my best time to. Books. I love books. I love reading them and, and researching. I like buying books that I don't even read just to have them, to say it's a book, and I like books, and I love to read and study. I like the actual book as well. I'm kind of old school. I've tried to read online. I've tried to read on tablets, and that just doesn't cut it for me. I've got to buy the actual book to touch it, to feel it, to, oh, to smell it. So good. So good. So here's a book by Timothy Keller, probably my favorite author. It's called Ministries of Mercy, Learning to Care Like Jesus. And I'm doing some research in this book right now because we begin a new series next month called The Mercy Conundrum, The Puzzle of Mercy, and how can we adjust our lives and learn to care like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. So I'm loving this book right now, and it's taking quite a bit of my time. I'm taking a course right now on global leadership. And here's the required text. International dimensions of organizational behavior. Sounds inspiring, doesn't it? Like everybody wants to go and buy this book. It's actually a tough class, but I will say I'm, I'm giving time to this book and learning quite a bit about how I lead myself 
and how I help lead Valley Point Church to be a global organization because the world is pretty small anymore. And so I'm giving time to learning organizational behavior from a global perspective. Okay, here's another book. This is my favorite theologian. And when I study a paragraph of scripture in preparation to talk to all of you, I often spend time with Craig Keener, my favorite theologian, just to see what he has to say. He's a great mind and a brilliant scholar, and and I love reading what he has to say about scripture. And so this is a book called The Bible Background Commentary. And I open this up after I've done my own research to see if there's anything else I can get from the text. And often from Keener, I pull some really good thoughts that make sense and and bring clarity. And so time, this book occupies my time. And then here's a book. This is something that Tanya and I put together. It's a book about our, our family. And I I love taking pictures, and so I do that. And then Tanya puts in the commentary about what's happened throughout the year with our family. And then we package this book, and we give it to our family members who don't live by us as a gift for Christmas so they can kind of catch up. Here's what happened with the Kohlers in Pennsylvania in 2018. And then we buy a book for ourselves. And even though I have seen all the pictures and I have read all of the commentary, this book occupies my time because I love my six babies and I love our life together. And so I can go back and flip through and there's just wonderful memories here. Like, this is Caden. He's my sixth grader. He played football this year. He scored nine touchdowns. Really proud of that. That was a lot of fun. So the other siblings are a little jealous that he got the biggest page, but when you score nine touchdowns, you get a whole page, right? That's the way it works. So this book, it occupies my time. Actually, all of these books, I spend time in them. I enjoy reading. I love books. This occupies my time. The question for everyone here, what occupies your time? And if you had to stand in front of a group of people, what would you say? How would you describe your calendar and your time? It's going to be different for all of us. Mine is books, and then I think about this book. And I love these books and reading and studying and looking at pictures, but I often find myself not spending enough time in God's word and investigating what he has to say. And so on the final Sunday of Life Verse 2019, this is a call for us to say, what occupies our time? What occupies our time? And let's be sure that we give a little bit of that time to the word of God to understand what he wants to say to us. I've been a pastor now for 26 years. I've worked in four different churches I've been at Valley Point for nine years now. And my primary responsibility here is to teach and to study the word of God and then to give that out to others. And I remember coming here. I'd never had a job like this before where I had to be ready to teach consistently. And I remember thinking, will I ever run out of stuff to say? You know, 
This is a, a book, and will I ever just say, and there's no more. I, I don't know what else to teach you. And that, that was a concern of mine. Well, I can assure you that after nine years, I have not run out of things to say. And that's not because I have stuff to say. It's because the word of God is deep and rich and wide. And I don't think we'll ever be able to totally uncover everything that is here. And so this is why we spend time and we study and we research. Charles Spurgeon, regarded by many to be the greatest 19th century teacher and preacher. That's what many people think about him. He lived in London. He had a church there. When he died in 1892, the city of London shut down. They mourned for this great preacher and teacher of the word of God. It is estimated that some 60,000 people came to see his body as it lay in state at the church over a three-day period. And then for the parade where his body moved from the church to the cemetery, it is estimated that over 100,000 people participated in that. The city of London closed for the day. Businesses were closed. Offices were closed. The government shut down. Even the pubs supposedly were closed, which is kind of funny. A pastor died and the bars closed. But that's Charles Spurgeon, the greatest preacher of the 19th century. And here's what he said about Scripture. Nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. Nobody ever outgrows this book because it widens and deepens with our years. Valley Point, it is my hope that this is true of us, that the longer we have life verse and we commit to scripture, the longer we study, that we never grow tired of what we find here and we'll never be able to run out of stuff to study and to say, because this book, it widens and deepens with the years. And may that be true of us. Which brings me back to my very first sermon. James chapter four, verse 13. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. Sounds great. And then James states, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. Other versions say it this way. Your life is like a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. Because life is so short and we have no idea how long we have to live, I can't think of a better thing to do than to spend a little bit of time in this ancient text and to ask God to give me a verse or two that can anchor my soul through the fog of life. And this is what I love about life verse. In the context of community, in the context of our faith community here at Valley Point, we get the opportunity to commit to a few verses and say, this is what I will hang on to 
and what I will live out for this year. You're doing a great thing, a great thing. And I want to thank you for lingering at the table a little bit with me this morning as we have remembered the sacrifice of Jesus but have also remembered the beauty and the depth of his word and how valuable it is for us to claim it as our own. Father, we step into your presence and we're so thankful, so grateful for scripture and for what you have given to us. God, as we commit to life verses now, I pray that you'd use this whole moment to shape us, to help us fall in love with you and your word all over again. I pray that you'd use this to sharpen us as we commit to some words that will carry us through all the ups and downs of a new year. God, I can't think of a better thing to do right now than to say, God, we value what you've given to us and now we want to commit to it. So help us as we respond to you now. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, here's what's going to happen now. You're going to have the opportunity to write your name if you want to do that and the reference to your life verse or verses on different letters. We have letters scattered across the front of the stage. There are also letters in the back. You won't be dismissed by rows. You can just stand up when you're ready after I'm done giving some instructions here. And you can move to the front or to the back. We have a very full room, so this may take a little bit of time, and that's okay. We want to give space to this. So letters in the back, letters in the front. You'll be able to come and write your name down. And that's optional. You don't have to put your name. Would encourage you, though, put the reference to your verse. And you're not really going to have space to write all of the verse, so just write the reference, and that'll be just fine. These letters are going to make up a phrase from our church-wide life verse, Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And we're going to hang these phrases in the lobby with your verses written on them. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. That's from Micah chapter 6, verse 8. This is our church-wide life verse. And it's a response to, what does the Lord require of us? Well, here's what he wants, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. These letters that you'll be signing will make up that phrase that will hang right out in the lobby. And when you come on Sundays or any other day of the week, you'll be able to look there and say, that's our theme as a church for 2019. And somewhere on the J is my name and my verse. So I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe you're here for the very first time and you're wondering, uh, what's happening here? This seems a little strange. I want to let you know, if you want to participate, you certainly can. And maybe you don't have a verse ready, but you want to participate, I would encourage you to use our church-wide life verse. And that's true for everybody. If you don't have one yet, if you're wrestling with that, but you want to participate, then use Micah 6.8. That's perfectly fine. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. But if you're here for the very first time, you can participate if you want to, but you don't have to. 
If you want to remain at your seat and just observe this and watch, that's perfectly fine. You have the freedom to participate or not. Again, just be sensitive to the people who may want to move around you. Again, you will not be dismissed by rows. You can stand up when you are ready. Be courteous of others, please. The pens are right down front, so you don't need to bring anything with you, and there's pens in the back as well. After you have signed your letter, I would encourage you to return to your seat, pray, reflect, and after everyone is done, we will stand again and respond to God in worship. Thank you for being here. Thank you for lingering at the table. Let's commit to our verses now. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.